0: Welcome to Fortune's Wheelhouse, a podcast about esoterics and the tarot. I'm Susie Chang, and my co-host is Mel Moline. We're going on a journey through the symbolic imagery of each of the 78 tarot cards. If you use a Rider-Waite-Smith deck, or a Thoth deck, or Mel's own Tabula Mundi deck, you've come to the right place. We love making this podcast and we hope you love listening to it. But you should also know that Fortune's Wheelhouse is more than the sound of our voices. We have a home on the web at www.patreon.com slash fortune's wheelhouse, and we'd love for you to come and visit us. There you can experience the other part of this conversation where we provide written articles and explanations for even the most obscure concepts you'll hear on the show. And if you sign up to be our patron at even the $1 level, all of that Will be at your fingertips. It's a comprehensive tarot education for less than the price of. I don't know even what. My point is, it's a steal. And if you become a patron at the $3 level or higher, you'll get a chance to win our giveaways, like Dimitri, who won last week's Choose Your Own prize from Mel. Congratulations, Dimitri. Choose well and wisely. This week we're looking at the Ten of Wands, the card notoriously known as oppression. Lord, give us strength! It is a card that bears a heavy load, but this week we have a very special giveaway that will lighten your own load. Mel has just released a pocket edition of the Tabula Mundi deck, as well as a new edition of the Pocket Rosetta deck. I got a glimpse when I was at Mel's house last time, and folks, these mini decks look spectacular. This week's lucky winner will get to choose either a Rosetta or a Tabula Mundi mini deck. What an enviable dilemma to have. But if you simply cannot sit around waiting to get lucky, you can order either of the new pocket decks at Mel's website, tarotcart.com. One other announcement this week, we've released a bonus episode on Monday featuring our interview with Ryan Peverly of the O'Culture podcast. It should be the episode just before this one in your feed. If you'd like to hear more about how Fortune's Wheelhouse got started, or hear our theories about how divination works, or if you'd just like to know what happens when we do a one card reading on the fly, then you won't want to miss this one. And now, here's this week's episode. You
1: here to be the burden bearers of aristocracy.
0: Okay. Are you ready for oppression? <laughs> we have arrived at the 10 of wands. And as we've been saying in this sequence of 8, 9, and 10 of wands, uh, to continue with the archery motif, we had uh, the swift light of the arrow with the eight we had the strength of the archer with the nine and now with oppression we have the target uh whoever the arrows were directed at um it's oppression in both the golden dawns and crowley's system
1: and like the other two cards it's a, it's a double in a way. So in the eight of wands, we had a dual mercury influence. In the nine of wands, we had a dual moon influence. And in this card, because it's a 10, which is associated with Malkuth or earth and the universe card, which is both earth and Saturn. And it's also the ruler of the Deccan is Saturn. So it's right. like double Saturn, all Saturn, earth, all the time, <laughs> earth putting out the fire. And it's appropriate that the fire is about to be put out because this is the last card of the suit.
0: Mm-hmm. It's the very end. And um, and if, you know, we talk about 10s as being a bit overripe or just about done. And, uh, and this is like where we get the last ashes.
1: Yeah, I guess we could go right into a little bit about the 10s and Kabbalah, because Mm -hmm. one of the things that's interesting about the ten is on the tree of life, it's kind of like dangling down at the bottom, and it mm. said that it's not really in communication with the rest of the tree in the same way as the right. everything above it is. Right. It's almost enclosed in its own little capsule. I think it might have been uh, Lon Milo Duquette who called it the dingleberry Yes. <laughs> no, I wasn't going to say so, but, you know. Sorry, I went through No, it's okay. It's fine if Lon Milo Duquette said yeah, it. You know, right, we, we right. worship him. <laughs> so the cool thing – Or interesting thing about tens to me, because they're there at the end of the suit, where the element is about to pass away, each of the tens is also, in a sense, connected to the ace of the world below it. Yes. And tens are usually pretty difficult in some way. Every 10, though, has the possibility of a breakthrough from the lowest of one world into the highest of the next. Mm -hmm. So if we look at the 10 of wands, the fire force needs to move on, and what it needs to move on to is the Ace of Cups. What that says to me is this card, with all its authoritarianism, what it needs to move towards, and its kind of coldness, Mm -hmm. is Compassion. For the self and for others.
0: I like that a lot. Um, and again, that's that sequence that we've been uh, replicating throughout this discussion of fire, water, air, and earth, always in that order. And yeah, I mean, the idea that the sort of ruthlessness of a 10 with wands, the sort of, you know, the end product of this unslaked ambition is to once again open the heart. Yeah.
1: It's the fire forces' last gasp and grasp for control. Right.
0: And uh so this is this is the final Deccan, the mutable Deccan of the mutable sign Sagittarius. So things are passing away. It's also interesting because it takes place between December 13th and December 22. And in that time, we have the solstice. We have the shortest day up here in the Northern hemisphere of the year when things are at their darkest before the dawn. Yeah. And which seems very appropriate for this card.
1: <laughs> yeah. And that time of year, um, can sometimes feel kind of oppressive, you know, all the, mm-hmm. all the, social pressures around the approaching holiday combined with the lack of sunlight and the seasonal depression that can happen yes yes that's right yes
0: and the fact that um we have the sun at its most up here we have the sun at its most southern most point um, we also associate wands fire with the south Um so this is sort of that last moment before we go into the whole capricorn yule Yeah, and the other Mm -hmm.
1: interesting thing we should mention about this card, we didn't really talk about in the Eight of Wands and the Nine of Wands that those are both the major decans of the Knight of Wands.
0: Ah, yes. Sagittarius. Whereas
1: this card, the third decan of Sagittarius, actually belongs to the Queen of Disks, whose usually thought of as being Capricorn because she also has the first and second decan of Capricorn. And this card especially has a real Capricorn quality to it being ruled by Saturn and in the mm-hmm. uh the universe card for Malkut and Earth and Saturn.
0: Yeah. So we'll review that and talk about it a lot more when we get to courts, but but that was a reference to, so the way the decans overlap between court cards and yeah, the way so- the first two decans of Sagittarius and the last decan of Scorpio belong belonged to the to Knight or King of Wands, yeah. whereas the the last uh, decan of Sagittarius and the first two decans of Capricorn belong to the Queen of Pentacles. And interestingly enough, today Mel got the Queen of Pentacles, and I got the Knight or King of Wands. So we're kind of covering all the bases here. <laughs> Let's see. We talked a little bit about Malkut uh, and the ten, um, and maybe we should therefore we should also talk about the paths of the Majors, mm-hmm. Um, since we're right there at the bottom of the tree. This one's a really interesting one, too. Just like the last one, we have a middle path situation going on here.
1: Right, but what's different about this one is in the nine, we had the middle path going up from Esode to Tifereth to Keter.
0: With the sun in the middle. Right, yep. with Tifereth, the sun in the, the, the middle.
1: Sun. This time we have... We still have that Sagittarian path from Isod to Tiferet, but we're going below it, um, the universe path between Malkut and Isod.
0: Putting Isod and the moon in the middle.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting to me about that is it doesn't make its way all the way up the tree there. It's like it gets it gets stopped at a certain point or blocked. Mm-hmm. And there's a real theme in this card of blockage. That's
0: right. We're never going to make it up to the supernals.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it's interesting because, you know, we have the themes of enclosure that go with Saturn and the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have the themes of aspiration that go with temperance or art. Um, but the, those two are, in a sense, at odds with each other.
1: When um, we do these podcasts, we always put up a graphic graphic. On the site of the three cards next to each other, and looking at those three cards—you know, the Rider Waite, the Thoth, and the Tabula Mundi—next to each other. All that comes to my mind is the burden, the barrier, and the weight. <laughs> I like so, that. So, you know, yes. the, bur- the, the ten of, um, the ten of wands in the rider weight card, he's, you know, got that big burden trying to carry awkwardly this bundle of wands. Yes. And then in the thoth card, it's like the prison bars and it, there's a blockage going on a barrier. Mm-hmm. And then in the tabula mundi, there's the giant anvil <laughs> weighing things down. So burden, barrier, weight, you can use yes. those for, Keywords for this
0: card. Heavy, closed, blocked, yeah, blocked. Uh, all of the things that the Oppressed. Lord of, uh, Lord of Time is in charge of. And, and, you know, and, and when we talk about Saturn as the ruler of this deck, and let's also remember that Saturn was for centuries as far out as people saw. That was considered the you know the limit of our geocentric universe uh so that is how saturn came to have all of these associations with, with limits and limits and boundaries yeah. yep. yep yep the buck stops here
1: you must not pass thou shalt not pass <laughs> all right thou shalt not pass <laughs> yeah it's like sagittarius is so fiery and visionary yet it's being just crushed by the weight of earth and mm-hmm. you know Responsibility and there's just a certain imprisoning, stifling quality to all that earth, the fire trying to burn through all that. The fire is burning
0: as hot as it can, but it's only got a very short time to do it because it's the shortest day of the the year. It's, uh, yeah, its time
1: is limited. The leaden Saturn, you know, Mm -hmm. and I think of it as putting out the flames.
0: And there's also that feeling with the world, you know, and the finality of the world that you've been carrying this so far, you know, all the way to the 10, you know, I mean, cause temperance itself, ardor temperance card is not, you know, it's, it's a, the card of Sagittarius is about its, how distant you take it. And its ruler is Jupiter. So you have, you know, this, this, the sense of infinity. Of carrying a crushing burden forever, (laughs) basically.
1: Yeah, Yeah, It's two really opposite things. Yes. You know, there's the expansion of Jupiter with the contraction of Saturn. Yes. Fighting against each other.
0: So this is very similar. The Saturn governing the uh, final decan of Sagittarius has something in common with Saturn governing the first decan of Pisces in the Eight of Cups. You know, again, that Saturn-Jupiter combination. And it's also kind of similar, uh, similar fight going on as we have with, uh, Jupiter ruling the The two of discs, first decan of Capricorn in the two of discs. Right. Except
1: there it's expressed in a much more positive way because it's a two. And it's,
0: you know, and the planet itself, Jupiter, the benefic, you know, really outweighs. So, so what we see with these Saturn cards is the planet in this, Saturn in Pisces, Ace of, Eight of Cups, and the Saturn in Sagittarius, Ten of Wands. We're seeing the weight and the character and personality of the planet really outweighing whatever help the sign can give it from uh, from the benefic that governs it. So malefic in the sign of a benefic is always, it appears to be, um, going to be more difficult to deal with than a benefic like Jupiter in the sign of a malefic like Saturn as we saw on the tube discs, These decans are really quite quite heavy, uh, like many, many of them in the, in the ancient imagery. In the Picatrix, we have a man with a cap on his head who is murdering another man, <laughs> meaning evil desires, adverse and evil effects, and fickleness in these, evil wishes, hatred, dispersion, and evil conduct. Almost sounds like a ten of swords. And in Agrippa, we have a man like in color to gold, or an idle man playing with the staff, signification being following the will and obstinacy in that and activeness for evil things, contentions and horrible matters. <laughs> wow. I, I really wonder what we have for ten of swords because, you know, as Crowley, this is, there's a very strong connection here with Crowley's conception of the ten of wands where he said it's basically force, force upon force, um, mm-hmm. where I'll read the whole quote. It is a stupid and obstinate cruelty from which there is no escape. It is a will which does not understand anything beyond its dull purpose, its lust of result, and will devour itself in the conflagrations it has evoked.
1: Yeah, I like that. Will with a focus on lust of result because there's something about this card that has to do with materiality and greed and the forces of oppression in the world. Yeah, it's unbridled ambition. Another uh quote of Crowley's that I like in association with this card, he says, The wand has done its work too well. It did not know when to stop. Government has become tyranny.
0: Mm-hmm. And he describes the two dorgies of the two of wands, which we see in the front of the card, in front of the eight wands, as having lengthened into bars, like the bars of a prison. And lust of result, that's a really interesting term, which I like to talk about, because uh, that's something that when you're dealing with a magical working, the thing you want to avoid is lust of results. So when you do magic, the the efficacy of the result depends on you're not thinking about it
1: yeah it's it's a fine line to walk because you have to build the energy and the desire but Mm -hmm. you have to be able to release it and let go of it to do its work
0: you know it's like if you overthink or you know when you're riding a bicycle and you look straight in front of you instead of like 10 feet ahead and you overthink the steering so you screw yourself up Lest of result is clinging clinging too much to the thing that you want or obsessing about it. Yeah. Or like if you you know, say you wanted to go out with someone and you pestered them every five minutes
1: and sent them constant text messages, that would be counter to your purpose. Um, Lest of result. And by over-focusing like that, you're not allowing the magic to go forth and do its will. It needs to breathe, which is a theme we will really see in your card. We can go through the cards and just kind of look at the um
0: let's do that in fact um you know since we talked a little bit about uh the how those decan significations sound a little bit like the ten of swords i wanted to point out that the ten of wands card in Rider wade smith is based on the sola ten of swords so if you look at that and i'll i'll put up a post and you look at that image from uh, from the Sola which was the very first ever uh, tarot to illustrate the minor arcana with scenic depictions. You see a man carrying ten swords in just the way that the Wait Smith Ten of Wands is carrying the ten wands, and so the hypothesis is that Pixie Pamela Coleman Smith. Saw the solibrisca and decided she wanted to pick up that theme from. Yeah, that. it's yeah. it's
1: obvious that she at some point saw it when you look at the three of swords as yes. well, which is almost a, an exact duplicate. Yes,
0: yeah, so it's basically identical, right? Right, and I think in those two, this card and that card, it's probably the most clear.
1: I see two interesting things in this card. The obvious thing that you see is the the man and his awkward burden, and you know one of the meanings of the card is taking on too much, too many duties, and not enough joy, right? Mm -hmm. So that's the obvious thing. The less obvious thing is we talked in the the last two episodes about the position of the wands. Now look at the position of these wands. You see how they're sort of like they're crossed there, like they're spread out, crossed, sort of forming an X. But notice that... The point of crossing where his hand is grasping them and they're kind of all together. That, uh-huh. if you think of the two paths of this card, you have the shorter path between uh, yes. uh, Malkut and and then you have the uh, longer path going up to uh, from Esau to yeah. um, to Tiferet. Yeah. Of the art card. So it's almost, again, like a visual of the paths in a sort of coded way. Mm hmm.
0: Mm hmm. Yes. I think I see what it's, you mean. They're yeah. not
1: straight up and down, but mm-hmm. they're as straight up and down as you could probably get ten wands and still be able to hold them. Right. But it's interesting. Okay. He's not holding them at the middle point. He's, there's, there's that two thirds and one third division which kind mm-hmm. of if I think of those paths there is almost that ratio going mm-hmm. on.
0: Yeah, it's very awkward. You're sure he's about to drop them. You're mm-hmm. sure there's going to be a problem. And it's also interesting because um, you know, there's sort of he's heading towards a town in the background. And whenever I see a town or, you know, a village, I kind of think of that as a kingdom, you know, like Malkut. Right. Yes. Right. So he's heading towards Malkut. He's heading towards this village. And Wade says Um, it's oppression, but it is also fortune gain, any kind of success. And then it is the opposition of those things. The place he is approaching may suffer from the rods he carries. So there's that, you know, the, the ambition that goes with those, you know, the drive, whatever he's going to do, he's doing it. Um, and he's not going to take no for an answer. Right. And that's his problem. (laughs)
1: <laughs> right. That also right. makes me think of the whole theme of like corporate greed. Yes. You know, they, they benefit through the oppression of the people that work for them. Right.
0: Right. So, which is why it's self-perpetuating.
1: Okay. And then in the, um, Thoth card. Yeah. We've got those really cool looking prison bar, uh, <laughs> Dorje wands in, in the foreground. And then the wands in the background, to me, they look like ice. Yes. Which I think is, you know, the coldness. Cold, crystalline coldness Saturn. coldness of Saturn. It's just, there's not compassion there at all.
0: Right. He says something about the ends of them being claw-like, you mm. know, and degraded and not as noble as, you know, in the beginning we had all uh, wands that were basically instruments of power, the wands of the adepts uh in the two and three of wands, I think. And here we have some wand that's just sort of a, A crude tool for creating destruction or something like that. Yeah, it's the
1: destructive aspect of fire, I guess, in a a way. Yeah, yeah.
0: And you can see little flames sort of enclosed in each wand as if they were plexiglass.
1: I think he says (laughs) of the card it's overbearing force detached from... It might be him or it might be from uh, Liber Theta. I'm not sure. Overbearing force detached from spiritual sources. Right. And then I think your card is my favorite
0: Ten of Wands ever. Thanks. Um, it really is. I mean, you know, with the, the anvil uh, blocking the opening of the um, amphora so that the, the, the flames can't breathe.
1: Yeah. So we've got um, the uh, Crucible from the art card
0: mm-hmm.
1: that uh, that we talked about a little bit in the prior episodes as kind of in shape wise looking like the symbol for the dragon's tail yes the Um, south
0: node right
1: so anyway the crucibles being it's it's a it's a glass vessel being weighted down by a giant anvil (laughs) i mean that's you can feel the weight of it you know and and that anvil Mm. stands for many things you know it's it's the inertia associated with the card it's the weight of oppression and it's got inscribed on the amble you see the gear Mm -hmm. symbol and in this case that's just because it grinds you down and it's also a symbol of industrial society and how we're kind of all forced to work here you know in that system and it's not designed for us right i
0: also like the sort of um You know, you have many juxtapositions of... We're
1: just another uh, cog cog in in the the, machine machine or (laughs) just another brick in the wall. (laughs) I think of that when I see this card.
0: And you also have sort of an implicit uh, confrontation between earth and fire, you know, in the fact that it's a glass crucible, you know, because glass being a combination of sand and
1: fire, basically. Glass blowing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I like that. Yep. And, yeah, the, and there's uh,
1: there's something about, you know, the anvil and and smithing, you mm-hmm, know?
0: Mm-hmm. So you have the iron, you
1: know, uh, the iron earthen. being heated and pounded. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um the connection with materiality and greed that's associated with this card. There's there's two songs I think of, and the one that makes me think of the connection with materiality and and craving and clinging there's a Grateful Dead song and the lyrics go uh I don't know but I've been told it's hard to run with the weight of gold. I don't <laughs> right. know but I've heard it said it's just as hard with the weight of lead. <laughs> right. So I don't right. know the set the lead of Saturn the weight the you yes. know the materiality of gold and greed. So those lyrics kind of pop into my head sometimes with this card. And then the other lyrics that I think I joked about with you earlier that pop into my head with this card show the more positive aspect of the card, um, it's the song The Weight by
0: mm-hmm. the
1: band. Mm-hmm. Take mm-hmm. a load off Fanny and put the load on <laughs> me. So, Because the good aspect of this card, if you can see it that way, is the person that takes on a lot for others. There's a sort of self Mm-hmm. sacrificing quality to the card where you're you're taking on burdens it's the person who's trying to be helpful often mm-hmm. that gets gets loaded with the stuff you know right right, right. the yeah. task there that can that no be one a, else wants to
0: do there can be yeah for sure there can be a positive um interpretation a positive spin in that way and it's also interesting because you know as you were talking about lead into gold i was thinking about how you know First of all, the connection between lead of Malkut and gold of Tiferet and the idea that in the ten, it's almost like the gold is only valued for its monetary purpose. Whereas in alchemy, we think of gold as being a spiritual.
1: Uh, right. transformation yeah. of lead into
0: gold so and that's you know, really
1: interesting because the, the, that's the top and bottom end of the two paths right right
0: right. Yeah. right so you know through the transformative power of the moon you know um but the message that we're taking away in this card is that gold is just gold yeah yeah it's heavy it's heavy whereas i mean i guess you know i'm trying to think of what card would sort of represent looking at it from the other direction you know where where you know, one of the six cards, maybe where gold, right. where we transform the lead of who we are into the gold. Right. You know, probably the the
1: six of wands would be one.
0: Yeah, or the sun in Scorpio, the six of cups. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 Hmm. Interesting.
1: And you see, in um, to go back to this card, you can kind of see the fire is nearly out. Yes. Um, it's there's a little flame there, and um the smoke kind of rising it's smoky fire i just love that about this card it's stifled and stifling
0: do you know when i get this card from your deck i often have gotten the fool with it which is so interesting because it's like Ah. the remedy is to take in more air
1: yeah right right yeah right it's it's definitely being stifled and and choked for air yeah
0: so you know i'm always thinking just breathe just breathe (laughs) right
1: and the um the other things in the card, you see, it's it's subtle, but if you look, you'll see that shape around the back of it, the oval shape. It's actually the serpent mm-hmm. boundary from the universe card. And that, again, speaks of boundaries and, and things encapsulated. Yeah. And the last thing in the card would be the two wands in the foreground above. In front of the eight, so there's ten in all, but they're actually in the hammer and sickle, which is a symbol of the working class and uh, oppression. You could have done a hammer and sickle. Oh, a sorry, sickle you is said very, the hammer and, is very saturnine, but right. this is the set, the hammer and pick, which is pretty much saying the same thing. Yeah, yeah just yeah, in yeah. a way that goes with the anvil. You know, it's it's the yeah it looks more like a wand too. <laughs> proletarian struggle that is part of life but as we talked about with the progression of a 10 to the ace of the next world Mm -hmm. the antidote for this is empathy Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. either
1: for yourself or for others because you can be oppressed by the outside world or you can take on too much by choice. So one of the things when I get this card is I ask myself, are you taking on this burden through choice or necessity? Who's yeah. doing the oppressing? And here? who is it
0: for? Right.
1: <laughs> right. And so you, if, you know, you have to bring in that compassion and empathy if you can for right. yourself, if it's you doing it to yourself. Right. Right.
0: Yeah. And I always tell people, you know, looking at the Rider-Waite-Smith card, when they see it, they're like, oh, God, people really identify with this card, too. They see it, and they're like, God, that's exactly how I feel. Mm. And the question is, you know, those wands are very awkwardly balanced, and they're coming down at some point. Are you going to throw them behind you or in front of you so you have to pick them all up again, is the question.
1: Another theme I see, you know, wands in general, I think of them a lot associated with creativity, yeah. And this is the drudgery part of creativity. I mean, it's the part where you actually have to work to, you know, carry that vision through. It's not yeah. fun. It's yeah. not the fun part. It's right. creativity. Actually, if you look at each of the wands, if you think of the um the eight of wands is kind of wands of so creativity, and then Mercury, it's creativity through thinking. Mm -hmm. and then you look at the nine of wands it's creativity through the moon so it would be creativity through change through change and then you've got here with saturn and wands it's creativity through drudgery you know or or creativity being kind of oppressed by the drudgery
0: the 99% perspiration (laughs) yeah Yeah, exactly (laughs) blood sweat and tears yeah, I mean, you know, it reminds me because the world we always see as such a positive card, uh, the world or universe, but it is also worldly, it is of, you know, dealing with the realities of things and what you have to do to succeed, you know, and this and the art of temperance card drives you to do that. But, you know, it does mean moving a whole lot of earth around, right?
1: Yeah, the weight of the universe Yeah. You know, if you think of it that way. Yeah, it's like Atlas carrying the world on his shoulders. Yeah. Yeah. Or I think of Hephaestus, the, the smith. Yes. You know, it takes a lot of strength to, to wield the hammer Mm -hmm. and, and the anvil, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's perfect. Because
0: you have, you know, the, the, both the, the fire. The fire uh, and and the the iron. Yeah. Yeah. The lead. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm.
1: So the colors. We can do the colors. So, the, the main color is yellow. Um, and then you have the colors of the art card, Sagittarius, which again are blue, yellow, green, and vivid dark blue. Mm. And then you have the colors of the universe, which I really like the, the indigo, black, blue, black, and black raid blue. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, heavy and saturnine with, with the dark blues and the blacks, but, I've always liked the colors, nonetheless. I do like dark colors. I like bright colors, too. (laughs) The only thing I don't like are (laughs) wishy-washy pastels. Yeah, I I, I don't like pastels. I just don't. (laughs) hmm. Anyway, that's reasonable. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think that's one of the things, again, that I like in your Ten of Wands cards is the same the same thing that I like in the eight and the nine is that bright contrast between the yellow and the black. It just feels mm. like, you know, an incandescent bulb in the dark of night. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: I really love the combination of yellow and blue. Or yellow and black. They just really offset mm-hmm. each other so well because one speaks of daylight and one speaks of night. They're like complete opposites and they really vibrate against each other. Yeah. And you can see those uh very uh, Saturnine blues and blues, blue blacks in Crowley's card as well. Though for whatever reason, he chose to go with orange rather than yellow in the yeah. background. Or at least it's, mm. it's a very orangey yellow if it's yellow. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I mean, a if lot you, of the time. If you think of
1: the destructive aspect of fire, maybe there's a little bit of Gavura going on there. He's, and
0: generally when he, when in this deck, the red colors do correspond to fiery things, whereas the yellow corresponds more to air. Yeah. So I guess yep. that's why. Um, you know, I didn't count or really look into the, um, flames on, on the Crowley card. Oh boy, They're kind a, of a there's lot. quite a lot of flames. It's kind of like all over the place. Either. Yeah. it's there's a symmetry to them, so there's, you know, three at each kind of cardinal point and then three more between the ones. You know,
1: actually, did I count that right? Did I count 21? Nope. I think there would be like no, 24
0: and then the interior ones.
1: Right. So oh, there's, yeah, there's yeah, that too. There's all yeah. these
0: tiny little flames. I don't think they're meant to be counted really maybe because mm. there's so many. I don't know.
1: And they're really kind of pale, you know. they They're hard to even see. Yeah. Which maybe speaks to the fact that the fire is on its way out.
0: Yeah, yeah. When you look at a, you know, at a feeble fire, it is like that. There's just like a lot of little tiny points rather than the great gouts of flame that you see in a full blown fire.
1: You even have some of the yellows and blues in the Wait Smith card, although Mm -hmm. they don't often follow that. But he's got the yellow hair and the yellow tights and the yellow ground with the blue sky. Right,
0: right. Some of that. Interesting. All right. So, so do you hate getting this
1: card? (laughs) It's not one of my most hated cards to get. You don't like the Seven of Discs,
0: and for example, yeah, I really don't like failure. Sorry.
1: That's one that I don't like. Um, there's a couple others that I dislike more than this one. But you know, mm-hmm. nobody really likes to see this one. It's right, not pleasant. Yeah. You know, what's interesting is I was looking up
0: what happened on days when I got this, and I had a lot of really long drives that I could just barely handle, you know, sort of like when you're driving and it's just force of will that's keeping you focused endurance. on the road. Endurance. Yeah. yeah. A,
1: that's another theme of this card I think is endurance. Yeah,
0: for sure. For sure. And like, you know, the kind of thing where you have to get up in the middle of the night to drive somebody to the airport kind of a thing. And
1: there you go. There's the generosity <laughs> of taking on someone's burden.
0: Oh, yeah. You know?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Driving someone to the airport. That's a perfect example.
0: Exactly. And you know what's interesting? Nobody (laughs) wants to do that. And funny thing, I got that. Take it on. I've got that twice for driving someone to the airport. And in that case, it was my son, who is a nationally ranked fencer. And in both cases, he won his tournament. And it was like, you know, the, the, it made me reflect back to the, um, weights delineation for this card where he says, um, that it's also fortune gain and any kind of success. So there's, like, you know, great effort and great achievement that can go hand-in-hand in, hand in this card, even though it's not necessarily yeah. going to be fun. It's still Sagittarius,
1: easy. which is That's associated right. with Jupiter, the fortune card.
0: That's right. That's right. So that that can happen. Um But mostly it's just, like, <laughs> I have, like, you know, moody, tired, depressed, tired, <laughs> exhausted, tired, you know, yeah, just exhaustion, like yeah, trying to do sure. way too much.
1: Yep. And, uh, you know,
0: difficulty, like handling my kids kind of. Yeah, yeah.
1: I see that. And I also get it for like when somebody's being up against the immovable force, you know, the 800 pound gorilla, yeah. you know, the, the thing you can't fight. Yeah. Whether it's, you know, the boss mm-hmm. or, uh, government agency or you know what i mean <laughs> the something IRS. that is just too big you're not gonna win yeah you know yeah, yeah, yeah. they have too much force and power in the situation
0: yeah and you know what's funny is that okay so we've talked about Papus's dialectic a little bit in our previous uh episodes and Papus's dialectic basically accounts for one through nine you know it's a it's a ninefold system but it's concentrates on one through nine rather than two to ten, two through ten and the tenth is considered uncertainty so you know that captures that sort of transitional nature of the ten where it's done with one thing but not yet in the next
1: yeah there's a possibility for a breakthrough but it hasn't happened yet
0: yes for sure Oh, well, I guess we're done with it. Thank God <laughs> okay, so um so we've talked about a whole bunch of things. um we've talked about uh primarily about you know oppression and greed and uh, unchecked ambition and what proceeds as a consequence of that.
1: Authority issues, obligations and endurance taking on too much, the limitations of
0: Saturn. Uh, in the sign of Jupiter.
1: The struggle of the working class. The
0: shortness of the day and the diminution of the light.
1: Yeah. Definitely.
0: Well, it gets better from here.
1: <laughs> sure does.
0: It only goes up from here. Yeah.
1: yeah, and that's kind of like the that point of the year. At least if you're in the northern hemisphere, the days are getting shorter and shorter and shorter until they hit that shortest point right at the end of this decan. And then things right. have to – you might not notice it right away, but the days will start getting longer. and They will. that sense of oppressiveness of the dark – will lighten.
0: Yeah, and I think that, you know, we really feel that when we turn into the first decan of Capricorn, which unfortunately is not going to be the next card on our list, but still it's something to think about. All right, anything else? No, I think I think that's it. That's it. Okay. Well, uh we hope that uh this has helped everyone to kind of uh get a better feeling for what can be a very difficult card and uh give you some ideas about what you can do with it, both how to breathe in to to give some more energy to the fire of life, or to transform the burden into something dedicated to someone else's benefit that turn the burden into altruism. And we'll be back next time starting with some wand court cards, the first court cards we're going to do. So stay tuned. And that's our show for today. You can find us, as always, at our online home, www.patreon.com slash fortunes wheelhouse. But there are also a number of other places you can find me and Mel on the internet. All of Mel's books and decks can be found at www.tarocart. Dot .com. So that's your first stop if you want to find anything related to the Rosetta Tarot or the Tabula Mundi Tarot. She's also just started selling signed and matted prints of the Tabula Mundi cards there. So now you can fill all your sacred spaces with beautiful tarot art. As for me, my forthcoming book, Tarot Correspondences: Ancient Secrets for Everyday Readers, is available for pre-order online at Amazon Book Depository and more. Just search for tarot correspondences, T. Susan Chang, something like that. I also have a shop on Etsy where I sell the one and only trademarked Arcana case in lavish silks, brocades, and esoteric prints. I also have my Zodiac perfumes there. So you can pick up a bottle of the Mystic Sea for your favorite Pisces, or the cool yet electric Aquarius perfume, which I call Streams of Stars. All of that, is at www.etsy.com slash shop slash tarotista. And if you'd like a Fortune's Wheelhouse t-shirt or tote bag or mug, we have those too. They are at our Redbubble shop, redbubble.com slash people slash wheelhouse93 slash shop. And for those of you who have been our listeners for a while, thank you. You are the reason we do this. If you're loving Fortune's Wheelhouse and the fantastically geeky world of tarot we bring you each week, would you do something for us in return? Leave us a rating or review on iTunes. It's especially easy if you have an iPad or iPhone. Just search for Fortune's Wheelhouse in the podcast app, and when you see us, (laughs) tap on our groovy purple album art with the Wheel of Fortune on it. It'll take you right to a page where you'll see a reviews tab, and there you can drop us some stars or leave us a sentence or two, whatever you feel inspired to do. And if you just want to talk tarot, well, you can find me, Susie, on practically every Facebook tarot group there is, under the name T. Susan Chang. Thanks for listening. We always love hearing from all you heroes of the astral plane, and we so appreciate your support.